Hello, and welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show, a podcast to help you unlock tremendous growth for your app. My name is Shamant Rao. I'm the CEO of the boutique growth marketing firm, Rocketship HQ, and host of the podcast, Mobile User Acquisition Show. In each episode, we feature experts in the field of mobile growth and discuss strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing. By the end of each episode, you will have gained actionable and tactical insights that will help you make more informed decisions in your own work around growth. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is produced by Meryl Vincent, Content Marketing Manager at Rocketship HQ. Our guest today is Jessica Bichego. Jessica is the CMO at PAD. In today's episode, Jessica talked about her experience with podcast ads as a UA channel. She talked about how to identify when it is the right time to invest, how to identify the right kinds of hosts, the right kinds of podcasts, and also talked about that very hairy topic, measurement. She delves into the intricacies of messaging, common mistakes, and much, much more. To learn more about this emerging, exploding channel that can oftentimes prove to be a big win for many apps in many genres, I highly recommend that you check out today's episode. I'm very excited to welcome Jessica Bichigo to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shamant. I'm so excited to be here. So happy that we finally have time to chat and connect. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's certainly an honor having you, Jessica, because, uh, you know, I've followed your work for a very long time. Uh, you know, uh, I think I first came across your work you wrote this article, which was really impressive. Which was really impressive. I think it was a mobile marketing symphony, uh, if I'm remembering oh, that yes. right. Which is, uh, I think, a very interesting perspective. And certainly, I've followed your work since then. So it's an honor oh. having you. Uh, you know, and today we're going to talk about uh, a theme and topic that uh, you know, we, at least I haven't seen being di- dived into in a lot of detail or depth. And this is certainly something you've explored and uh, understood with a lot of nuance as we found out when when I last spoke to you. So I'm excited to dive into all things podcast ads with you. Uh, You know, so to start at the beginning, right? So what inspired you and your team to start testing podcast ads? Of course, but first of all, thank you so much for your kind words. That's really nice. Um, And then uh, what inspired me? So... Um, I started to invest in podcasts in my previous company. So I currently lead marketing at Paired. And before I was for six years at Blinkist. And Blinkist is an audio um, product. So the connection with podcasts was was really close, right? Like it felt, it felt they made a lot of sense. It was an audio product. And so we wanted to advertise on an audio platform. Now, if you go for radio, that would be the first probably things that you want to try. The problem with radio is that it's quite expensive, to be honest. Um, I tried it in the past and it didn't really work. And But also, like, I felt that the podcast audience was much closer to the product audience. And so that's how we started. Um, and that's the reason that we decided to go for that, because we just thought that there was a lot of intersection, let's say, between the two audiences. Um, in my current job, though, we don't have 
uh, that similar product. So we're not an audio product. I still believe that podcast is a really inter interesting channel, mainly because of the audience that we're trying to target. So what I recommend everyone is like do a little bit of a market research and try to understand where is your audience spending their time? Do they watch TV? Probably not. <laughs> do they look at social media? Do they listen to podcasts? If they listen to podcasts, what do they listen to for how many hours? And that's the first step to really evaluate if it makes sense for you to be spending on this channel. Yeah, and I think that makes so much sense. Uh, and especially with Blinkist being an audio product, I can see how it would have been a clear choice for Blinkist. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. And you, you did say you were testing uh, podcasts for your current product bed as well. Right. Yeah. So, oh, you know, let's just say in, in your experience, how do you recommend thinking about deciding what podcasts which to show. target for you, which shows to target for your mm -hmm. ads? How do you recommend thinking about it? So, first of all, I think podcasts is a really um, kind of a complex environment. So there are so many podcasts out there. It takes a lot of time to reach out, negotiate the deal, find the right brief, the right you know way to talk about the product. So I recommend if it is the first time to always like go through an agency or through a platform where you find like multiple podcasts. And usually the first thing that you do, or at least like the first thing that I've done, both at Blinkies and at Paired, is like trying to work with podcasts that are really closely related to your business. So in the case of Blinkist, it would be like more about like business, finance, and these kind of topics. When it, when it comes to paired, it's more about um, relationship advice or yeah, maybe relationship advice, to be honest. So like try to be close to your niche. And the reason is simply that if something that is super, super close to you work, you can also make work the things that are maybe a little bit more broad. Now, one thing that I have to say, though, is that while the topic it is important, it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the CPM because you mm -hmm. have shows that maybe they are super close to your audience. They make so much sense. They're talking exactly about the topic that you are talking about in your app, but then they're like crazy expensive. And although there's like such a strong connection, they will never work. Right. So this is like one of the mistakes that I've done the first time that I did podcast that at the beginning I saw like finance business working so well and I was like okay let's double down on them it was nice but I think I limited myself too much and when yeah. you limit yourself you cannot grow and when I started to explore and I saw that actually there's a lot of podcasts out there in completely different topics that first of all they're cheap the CPM is low but also the host is so amazing and the listeners yeah. are so loyal to them that they can yeah. sell literally everything. Yeah, 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 right. And certainly, right. And it's easy to lose track of the CPM and some of the just obvious things like the charisma of the host when you're just looking at just a list of shows. So it certainly yeah. can be very critical to bear that in mind. You know, oh, which leads me to a jumping off point about measurement right so mm -hmm. again attribution can be inexact uh yeah. for podcasts uh you know just because obviously nobody's clicking and you could argue that on ios even if you're clicking <laughs> you're not going to get any data back so you know not to get us down that tangent but yeah uh, uh talk to me about how you think about measurement or attribution 
mm-hmm. and what some of the different mechanics involved are uh, in measuring the efficacy of podcast ads. Of course. So, yeah, as you mentioned, um, in a world where we want to be able to track everything, um, it's not easy for a lot of companies to like tap into podcast advertising, mainly for this reason. It is not possible to track everything. Luckily, due to iOS 14, I think we all got used <laughs> to having no visibility. So probably right now it's not like a big problem anymore. But um, there are like a few different ways to do it. Um, so the first one is actually, I would say three ways, let's say. So the first way um, would be to give a voucher a voucher code, for example. So, you know, for all the listeners, go download this app and use this voucher with the name of the podcast. So in this way, you can track everyone that purchased from the voucher. That's powerful. There's only one problem with that. Um, the You will see only the people that actually purchase and not the people that are interested in that, maybe don't convert. So you're missing out a little bit on part of the users. The second way is to give um, a landing page, a discount landing page. That's usually what I'm doing. So I offer like a, you know, a discount. You can decide between like 15 to 25% or even more if you want. And you tell everyone, hey, go to pair.com slash name of the podcast. Now, still, most of the people that go there will convert. So if you look at the trial conversion, it's much higher for that than for a Facebook campaign. But still, that's okay because there's a lot of people that go to the page and then you know, maybe they don't purchase at the end. And then the last thing is that actually you don't do anything. You just tell people, hey, go look to the store for this app um, and just download it. And in this way, the only way to track it is through organic um, organic um, uplift. Now, these are the three ways, um, but also then you use a combination of other things to understand what is the real effect. Because again, it can be that someone listened to the podcast, maybe they're driving, they don't have time, so they visit the page later, or maybe they don't visit the page at all. So what do you do? The best way is to add a how did you hear about us survey, um, where you ask people where they heard where they heard about the app. Podcast is one of the answer. Um, I did it in both my experience with podcast ads. One thing that I need to recommend, launch the survey before you start investing in podcasts. So that you calculate what is the baseline because there will be people already saying that you are on podcast even if you are not doing podcasts yeah. so launch it a little bit before and then what you measure is the uplift of people responding to this podcast and you take these percentages and you apply to the entire uh to the entire size um so again another thing that you can do and i've seen this is something that i have not done yet but i saw some some companies that are highly uh relying on influencer and podcasts they even have like a second layer of the survey so you first choose podcast influencer, and then there's an open text where you can yeah. write the name of the podcast. So you can go yeah. as deep as that. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, sort of some of the ways in which people mistype or mischaracterize, I think, I've seen that too. And which is why I think yes. you're mentioning about getting a baseline is so important because yeah. then you see how many people are already choosing the different options. So I think that's very smart to do. But, uh, and Jessica, I know you met, you mentioned a bit ago, a little bit tough time ago about, uh, you know, the hosts and how they can make a difference. You made a passing mention. So what do you, what would you say are some of the best practices around picking messaging for the podcast ads and mm-hmm. how you frame it for, 
uh, shows in which you're featured? Like for instance, yeah. you know, is it typically left to the host? Do you exert a lot of control over the messaging? Talk to me about how you think about mm -hmm. the messaging and how it's communicated. Absolutely. I think this is really similar to what happened with influencer marketing, where you definitely need to give talking points to the, yeah. to the host, but you also need to give them the freedom to talk about the product in their own way. Otherwise, the risk is that they sound like, you know, a salesman. Um, sure. And so my preferred way to do that is like I prefer, I, I prepare a brief, but I have a couple of talking points. So for example, one would be, how do you define the app? Paired is an app that does blah, 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 you know, and you explain it. Um, and maybe, you know, a couple of words, that's like a simple way to explain it. And then, for example, let's say that for you is important to talk about the use cases. When do you use this app? You give, you know, a list of things and you tell the host, you can pick one, you can pick two or whatever. And then usually what I like to say as a guidance is like, give them, like, bring a real example. To be honest, now what we're trying to do is that we give the host the app for free, of course, for a year, and then we give them the app this month. We do the ads the month after. I want them to use right. the product for a month, and I need them to talk about what they discover through the product. That's that's the best way to do advertising, to be honest. Um, if you have a content app, then what you can do also is already prepare like a list of things. So I'm thinking, let's say that you want to advertise an app that, that has like multiple shows, for example, um, yeah. and you're advertising different podcasts. You can already prepare like a list of content that they can consume that is relevant for them, that they can recommend. Because in this sure. way, you're just making things easier for them. Sure. And then, of course, it's like, the, to me, the best way also to select a podcast and a host always listen to what they've done before because you can you can really guess a lot and you really need to pay attention because there are hosts unfortunately that don't do a very good job and like something that i can tell you that happened to me in the past i gave a brief the brief had like a, a title like please mention one of these points and the host literally was oh, reading the you oh, know man. like that that's yeah. how bad it is so you really pay attention to select the people that you want to be working with yeah, yeah, I think that makes so much sense. I think something that stood out was what you recommended about giving them the product a month or so before. Yeah. I think that is so critical. We do that with UGCs, uh, with creators that we work with, because we had the exact same experience. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, let me figure out how this app works while they were on camera. And I'm like, no, 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 just play around with this uh, a month. And a we yeah. actually learned that when we started when we were working on an app for kids and we were like you know the kid is not going to be able to fake it we just need to have them play <laughs> for a couple of weeks and they enjoy it we gave them the premium access but to your point i think it's so critical to have them look and appear natural while they're engaging with the app or at least speaking about it right uh yeah and uh you know for an advertiser that's never run podcast ads that wants to run tests at what level of scale, if that's even the best criteria, right? If, at what level of scale or at what criteria does it make sense to start running a test? What, mm. in your experience, should a first test look like? So that really depends, I feel, on the product um, in the sense that and, and how related it can be to the podcast work. So as I mentioned before, with, the, with Blinkist, that is an audio product, it made sense to start podcasts 
in an earlier stage because there was so much connection. I think if you have a product where you can easily sell on other platforms, maybe you don't need to go to podcast right away. Like maybe you can wait until you spend like 50 to 100K uh, per month or even more actually, probably I would say like 150K um, on other platforms before you start moving on podcast unless you have something that you cannot sell through other platform. Because I literally talked with someone, um, they have uh, they have like a product that is more like into the intimacy space and they are not able to advertise on other platforms, right? right. So right. in this case, influencer and podcast are the first platform for them. So in that case, I'm like, okay, start right away. Like do it immediately. And it makes yeah. a lot of sense for others, I would say, you know, start maybe where you're already spending in other channels simply because it's a channel that takes a little bit of time. Plus you have an agency probably that's going to take care of that. You're going to pay the fee. So yeah, I would say that. Regarding what is a good budget to start a test, I think that depends on what do you want to achieve? How many people do you want to reach? So in general, the CPM for podcasts and when I mean impression is like a listener um, of a podcast goes from... $15 to like $150. Like there's literally no rules. It's a wild word, right? Yeah. And so that really depends on how many shows, how big they are and what you want to test. I would say that a good maybe starting budget would be like maybe 10 to 15K because it gives you the flexibility to like explore a lot of different things. Of course, you're not going to have, I don't know, Tim Ferriss show, but you know, you're still going to have like podcasts that are like enough to drive some traction. Uh, you can explore, you see what works, and then you double down. Also, podcast is not a channel where you start and you immediately invest 100K. Forget about it. You start, you start with like, let's say 15, 20K, and then you increase month over month. So the first month, you need to find what works for you. Once you have found the podcast that works for you, you actually try to get deal for the entire year. You try to get a deal so you're mentioned every month once and you're going to have better CPM than just like choosing every month what you're going to be advertising on. And so you find the one that are working for you and then you start exploring other one. So that's what I've seen. Right. Usually you can increase 10 to 30% month over month, not more than that. Otherwise it can be sure. dangerous. Sure. And that's a very different playbook from rapid scaling that you could do on right. digital platforms on the media, you know, on Facebook and the Google exactly. world. Right. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I would also just underscore what you said earlier on about some apps that may want to start earlier on if they are more intimacy focused or, you know, that because I've certainly seen verticals where approvals on Facebook and Google are a nightmare. Uh, there's crypto, there's fintech, there's uh, yeah. apps on females, uh, you know, oh, female women's health that I've seen get hit, and uh, yeah, in some you know, in some ways it just seems so unnecessary. But you know, in those cases, those exact cases, it makes so much sense to mm -hmm. start with influencers and podcasts, uh, yeah, and channels that are less, you know, oh, governed by such regulations, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I know we talked a bit about the imprecise attribution, right? Uh, and uh, the last time we spoke, you did mention that there are also benefits of podcast ads that are relatively intangible and relatively hard to objectively quantify. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what you mean by 
some of these in, intangible benefits and how you justify these? Of course. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that, and again, really similar to the influencer space, what you're doing with podcasts, you're associating your product with someone that is an authority in their space. Um, and so what you're doing, you have someone that is like a celebrity or someone that like has a certain authority that is endorsing your product. So certainly if you're, especially if you're like performance driven like me, you want to see the results right away. You want to people to convert, to listen to this and convert. But a lot of time, just because someone is like, oh my God, this is my favorite podcast. And I heard this host talk about this product. Then when they see an ad somewhere else, you know, they're more willing to give it a try. They're more willing to trust that. And so that's, you know, the unmeasurable effect that I'm, that I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the best thing, the best way to really track this effect is to look at brand awareness. Although, again, if you're doing a lot of other activities and you see your brand awareness, brand awareness going up, you know, it, it may be that there's another reason. But what I sure. would recommend is like maybe try to run um, podcast advertising in a market where we don't run anything else and right. try to see what is the effect that you're able to achieve. So that's for me one of the benefits. And another benefit that is actually measurable is the long-term effect of this. Uh, that actually it's, it's good and bad at the same time. Podcasts stay there in theory forever. So this means that if a user, like a podcast goes viral and suddenly they have like millions of followers that they go back and they listen to old episodes, you're going to have people seeing that these hosts has endorsed you in the past. And that's give you a nice uplift that usually is between five and 10% in revenue coming from like, you know, just like users that go back and listen to old podcasts. Right. Why do I say it's bad? Because if someone say you know do something bad, uh, and suddenly mm-hmm. you are associated with them, you're kind right. of there forever. Right, right. Your reputation is hitched to them. Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's also an interesting point about uh, what you said about the halo effect of the podcast host rubbing off on you guys on the product. Yeah. And it also ties into what you said earlier about you know if you find a podcast that is working, you buy an entire year's worth of uh, inventory. I think that makes so much sense when you see in this slide that, you know, you don't want, you know, if there's a podcast host that's working for you guys, you don't want it to be a one-time mention because people won't remember it, but you're almost looking at this as building your brand equity over a longer period of time. This is why you buy it for a year. This is why you continue to invest in the back editions as well. And I think that makes so much sense. And uh, as you also pointed out, this is a very different mindset and thinking compared to a lot of performance advertising, Mm -hmm. uh, right? Which again, I think post ATT has changed fundamentally. And I don't think a lot of the instant changes that we used to be able to do even three, four years ago are even Mm -hmm. easy or possible just now. Uh, but I think this is a good set of playbook to draw from as well. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what would you say are some of the common mistakes that advertisers make with podcast ads? Hmm. I would say the main uh, kind of touched upon that, but the main mistake is probably to stay in the in a vertical instead of exploring. That's for me the main mistake. I see people, they're like, okay, this vertical work, let me stay there and just like, you know, exploit the entire vertical. It's not about the topic. Like you can really make everything work if you have the right post and if you have the right deal. 
Um, right. And so I see really people like sticking to that vertical and not moving beyond. Another thing is not negotiating and not being creative. Like this is not a channel where you put an ad and you go, you need to come up with different ideas. You need to create like a series of content. You need to play right. with the host. You need to let them experience the product and come up with something that is a little bit different. Um, and probably another mistake is not being able to track or like don't look at, you know, the performance. Like I feel that you can track a lot, but you can see if something is working or not. And it's really important that month over month, you measure what's going on and try to like, you know, improve your performances. Um, yeah, I would say that these are the main things. Yeah, 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 certainly. Right. And for somebody that's, especially for someone that's trying podcasts for the first time, it's very critical to remember these because these can be easy pitfalls for someone yeah. that isn't familiar with this playbook. Uh, Jessica, this has been incredibly instructive. Uh, as I said, this is a very different playbook from what a lot of performance advertisers are accustomed to. So I think it's been very interesting to learn. Uh, this is perhaps a good place for us to wrap. But before we do that, could you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do? Of course. Um, you can probably find me on LinkedIn uh, with my name, Jessica Vichago, or Twitter, where I have my grown-up name, Mini Glue, <laughs> or yeah. on Instagram. Um, feel free to reach out. Um, currently, I'm CMO at Paired, and I'm always happy to connect with other folks on the marketing um, world to share some insights. Wonderful. Wonderful, Jessica. This is a good place for us to wrap. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you again for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce. And I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share.